of the busiest guys in politics and policy is that much busier this week, and the targets keep moving and shifting. It makes it all the more difficult. Fresh from the swamp is uh, Wisconsin senior senator Ron Johnson, uh, kind enough to join us on the MacGyver Newsmakers podcast uh, this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Great, Matt. How about yourself? I'm well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know that uh, a lot of stuff is up in the air at this point for journalists who are covering what's happening in D.C., but in particular for uh, the lawmakers who have to try to figure that out. Now, give us a, a lightning round update on some of the things going on. First and foremost, the budget shutdown as we speak right now. Is that going to happen? Is that not going to happen? Where, where do things stand? Well, as of uh, this exact moment, I, we're hearing that uh, Paul Ryan and other House leaders are going up to the White House to discuss what uh, President Trump is willing to sign. So I couldn't really tell you how that's going to turn out. What we do know is the main reason we're in an impasse is because Democrats are being, once again, unbelievably hypocritical. When they, they say they want to secure the border, but they won't put their money where their mouth is. They have in the past, you know, in the 2013 Comprehensive Immigration Bill, that yeah. they actually voted to support about $40 billion in border security funding, $8 billion of that was specifically for better barriers, for fences. For and now they won't, you know, give, give President Trump, you know, in the scheme of things, a measly $5 billion to do just a table stakes, uh, you know, action in terms of securing our border. You know, mm-hmm. barriers work. Uh, the Appropriations Committee did a great job laying out the stats on the four areas where we have beefed up our, our barriers, Im- illegal immigration has dropped 90 to 95%. I was in Israel. Uh, they constructed a 140-mile wall, less than $3 million a mile, by the way. It's mm-hmm. a fence. You can see through it, but very tough fence to get through. Their illegal immigration rate went from 16,000 per year to 16. That's amazing. So we know barriers work, but, and that, but that's, that's the whole reason he got the impasse here, because Democrats loathe President Trump, and they refuse to give him... His signature issue, what he had a mandate from the American people on is to secure our border as a first step in fixing our horribly broken immigration system. Well, they, they must really loathe President Trump, though, Senator, knowing where the polls are at with the immigration issue, knowing that uh, Americans, uh, the vast majority of Americans, want to secure our borders first and foremost and want to see some real significant reforms to immigration going on today do they not see the writing on the wall politically speaking at the very least i think they continue to rely on the fact and it's very reliable the mainstream media will you know promote their narrative and they hope that will overcome their judgment and common sense american public you know matt i was just reviewing statistics we had twenty five thousand people come in as family units last month alone twenty three thousand in october Last year's 107,000 total. That was up from 77,000 the years before that. This is a growing problem. I mean, think of that. Just two months, almost 50,000 people, when just two years ago it was about 70,000 total. Prior to that, in 2012, it was 11,000 people came in as a family unit. They're exploiting our system. They realize that if you come in as a family, you get apprehended, processed, and dispersed, and you, by and large, get to stay in America. The vast majority have been staying in America. So. You know, why wouldn't you, if you're in a country where there's there's a lot of danger, there's gang there's much economic progress, why wouldn't you come to America? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, you're going to get in. 
and there's very little deterrent until this administration. Well, and then you also have your federal uh, agents working overtime. You know that uh, better than anybody. As chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs uh, Committee, taking a look at these issues, you have studied these for many years now. You know what is happening at the border. You've got uh, folks, federal agents, who are doing their level best, but how do you defend on such a porous border? Well, in what you're finding is the, the, the migrants are starting to go to less populated areas. You know, they'll start going into, for example, tribal lands where CBP is prevented from even patrolling the border on tribal lands. So once you're in America, you've got the golden ticket because you're going to be put through this process. It's such a low bar for an asylum claim to put you into a system that can take years to adjudicate. And uh, prior to this administration, uh, we had almost over 300,000 administratively administratively closed immigration cases in other words they'll let the clock run and then finally said okay forget it we're not going to do anything with you and that, that leaves those individuals in complete limbo so this this is a completely broken system democrats are completely unserious about fixing it remember president obama during the campaign his campaign he said he's going to fix this immigration system first year sure he had a filibuster proof senate he had large majority in the house he didn't lift a finger to fix this broken system, and now it's really out of control. Yeah, speaking, trying to get into that just momentarily. Senator Ron Johnson joins us from Washington, D.C. A lot of things happening today as we talk on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Yeah, you talked about um, the filibuster-proof uh, Congress that uh, Obama had in his uh, first term, the beginning of his first term. We're now looking at divided government. It was difficult to get things done when Republicans controlled both uh, houses and the executive branch. How much more difficult is it going to be with a Speaker Nancy Pelosi moving forward? Well, in terms of acting good legislation that might actually solve problems, it'll probably be almost impossible. What my fear is, Matt, is there will be all kinds of bipartisan consensus to spend a lot of money. Yes. You know, not on the wall, but uh, just about everything else that, uh, by and large, the federal government shouldn't even be involved in, should really be responsible, responsibility to the states. But uh, that's a real concern. We, we Trust me, we've got appropriators, as Republicans, like to spend money in their accounts as much as Democrats do. So there, there's, there's where you can see a lot of bipartisan uh, cooperation is spending more of American taxpayers' hard-earned money. Yeah, that's what we forget about a lot of times when we have – you know, we have so many people who are tired and fatigued with all of the fighting and the conflict, and just can't we get along and the bipartisanship, and that's all swell, and it sounds really great, kind of like some of the liberal rainbow and sunshine policies, but when it rubber hits the road, you get bipartisanship, as you say, spending the taxpayers' money and much more of it. And mortgaging your kid's future, which we're, we're doing spectacularly. We're $21 trillion in debt. Over the next 30 years, projected over $100 trillion of additional deficit spending tacked on top of that. It's clearly unsustainable, and yet you really don't have anybody in leadership positions that are even talking about it, much less doing something about it. Are there any New By Year's... Way, that's on a bipartisan basis. Yeah. It's being completely ignored. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any New Year's resolutions to really look at our children's future when we talk about that uh, deficit and that debt that continues to grow and grow and grow? Well, you know, un unfortunately, we have this hanging over our heads and n nothing really become it yet. But 
you can spark a debt crisis very quickly. We, I mean, we saw what happened in the uh, housing when the housing bubble burst, mm -hmm. and the financial crisis occurred in 2009. It happens almost overnight because our, our financial system, our economy, is run on confidence, and when confidence is, is burst, really bad things happen very quickly. Interest rates spike. You know what what the federal government spends on just interest on its debt will overwhelm the federal budget. So, you know, unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., this dysfunctional place, until there's a crisis, it's very difficult to focus anybody's attention on anything other than, and I'll make the point again, bipartisan spending. The, the way you get elected and reelected is to promise the American public benefits. Let's face it, there's not a, a whole lot of uh, pressure coming from, from the American public to actually fix the debt and deficit issue, because that, that would mean reform to these programs that you know, might, might result in maybe lower projected uh, benefits, and, and most Americans don't like that. Yeah, well, we the people have to rise up again and demand that, that we get uh, these kinds of reforms, but you're right. Most Americans say, that's fine, touch uh, somebody else's benefit, but don't touch mine. That kind of protectionism that we've uh, seen elsewhere definitely plays out every day in American society. Just a couple minutes left because you sound like you got a cold and you could really use a hot toddy uh, more than just about anything right now. But uh, I just wanted to get your your thoughts as we in Wisconsin and what has been a significant era, a remarkable era of conservative reforms, limited government reforms in the state under the leadership of Governor Scott Walker. I've talked to a lot of folks who know the governor and uh, who worked alongside the governor. And you think back, Senator, at where Wisconsin was when you came in uh, in the 2010 Republican Revolution, when Scott Walker came in at that time, the Republican-controlled legislature. This state was a fiscal disaster. Look at where we stand today. Just a few thoughts, a little reflection on the governor's tenure over the last eight years. Well, it was a remarkable turnaround, you know, not only fiscally, but also economically. Uh, it's kind of what most why most of us had a fair amount of confidence that even though it might be election, I mean, why would Wisconsin not send him for a third term mm -hmm. with unemployment below three percent for eight consecutive months prior to the election? I mean, it did, just didn't make any sense whatsoever. And so, you know, the, the good news in, from the standpoint of 2018 election is we maintained a very strong majority in the state assembly. We only lost one seat. We gained two seats in the Senate. Our Republican House members all won by pretty comfortable margins. So, you know, we did have that turnout. The, the problem is for a statewide candidate, we simply couldn't overcome the overwhelming uh, Democrat vote totals in Dane County and Milwaukee County. And that's going to be a challenge for the Republican Party moving forward. But, you know, hopefully Wisconsinites realize that Republicans have governed very effectively, whether it's a national level or the state level. Uh, we have brought greater ec economic prosperity, uh, economic growth. Uh, wages and benefits are increasing because of a strong economy. And I, I just hope that people do look at the reality of the situation. Uh, government control is going to be more regulations, higher taxes. That sti stifles economic growth. And the biggest, the, the number one component of the solution for our debt investment, for example, is stronger economic growth. Um, that's what we have to achieve if we don't achieve that we're really gonna be in a hole you know i can't help but think you are it you're the last man standing of the four national conservatives that really put wisconsin on the map over the last eight years you know governor walker is out and he left a long time ago and now 
Speaker Paul Ryan gets ready to retire after a very distinguished 20 years in the House. Uh, is it? Does it feel a little bit lonely now? It was certainly nothing I expected. This is not the reality I was I was going to face. Um, but, but it does put me in a position, kind of a unique responsibility, which, you know, I'll, I'll accept that responsibility of, of working with the party, really try and re-energize the grassroots. I think that's, uh, you know, one of the lessons from 2018 is I think the, the campaigns were too top-down and they were not grassroots-oriented enough. Uh, we do have, by the way, Reince Priebus is involved on an advisory basis, you mm -hmm. know, a, a reassessment an analysis of what went wrong and what we need to do forward develop that game plan so i'm having you know a number of discussions with ryan he's been involved in meetings we're going to go through a very rigorous process and we're well in under our way but it's going to be soliciting genuine input from people all over the state particularly in the grassroots but anybody that has uh, any effect on elections and politics get their input get their feedback come up with a game plan that we can really present to the party, to the grassroots, uh, to supporters of, of conservative causes, uh, to give them the confidence to support what we're doing moving forward. Uh, our, our first test really is the Supreme Court race. Uh, that is mm -hmm. one that we have to win yeah. as conservatives or the, the composition of the Supreme Court in the state of Wisconsin will be put at risk in 2020. That's significant for concern about it. Okay, finally for you, something we call the Fast Five. Five quick lightning round questions for you. This is the Christmas version because uh, we're just a few days away. All right, here you go. Number one, your favorite Christmas song of all time. That's got to be Silent Night. Silent Night, beautiful. The creepiest Christmas song of all time. <laughs> I suppose any modern version of those things. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a real traditionist. I like the traditional melodies sung with the, the appropriate uh, yeah. uh, sobriety that I think uh, Christmas carols ought to be sung with. Yeah. Well, what about Baby It's Cold Outside? Is that uh, <laughs> uh, the Dean Martin version? Just, uh, well, anyway, uh, uh, enough of that. Uh, uh, do you like, dislike, or dare at all about uh, eggnog? Uh, actually, I don't mind it. My my uh, grandparents used to do Tom and Jerry's, which was a slightly different version of that, uh -huh. which are pretty tasty on a on a Christmas morning. All right, very good. Uh, favorite Christmas sweater? What's on it? Uh, it's just green. It's Not much on it, just green. <laughs> and I've, I've probably had the thing for you know thirty years. I don't, I'm not a, much of a shopper. Okay, <laughs> gift was on that topic. Final uh, topic: gift card or physical presents. Well, I, I like to celebrate with the family. W one of the things I've d historically done is, uh, you know, I do it in kind of a manufacturing setting, but I, I roll out Christmas tree roll-out cookies, and I decorate them myself. I use the uh, little lines for the, the body and then yellow and red ornaments. And, you know, generally do about four dozen of them, and we pass those out uh, for our family gatherings, and they're always a big hit. I'm going to tell you right now, I want to get over to the Johnson house for Christmas. Those cookies sound good, my friend. Real only good. 48. Only 48. Well, that's about uh, in the age range, so I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> I'd fit in. Well, I want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. I know that uh, the last uh, several weeks in particular have been challenging for uh, just about everybody in, uh, in Congress. And I uh, wish you safe travels as you move about. And to you and yours, a very happy uh, new year, a very prosperous new year. 
Well, Merry Christmas to you and your listeners as well. All Take right. care. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Senator Ron Johnson, senior senator of the great state of uh, Wisconsin, joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.